morning, bitches. How are you today? It's your favorite lady. It's been a few days since I did a podcast. I was supposed to do one with one of the original trans women, Siobhan Luce. That didn't work out because something was wrong with either her stuff, microphone, computer, or something was wrong with mine. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you'll listen to my podcast with Rosie O'Donnell on iHeartRadio called Onward with Rosie O'Donnell. It's coming out next month sometime. I'll let you know when, okay? But today I want to talk about, you know, I always love to talk about stuff in the L.A. Times. Jewish Haven Forever Changed by Hate. And you know I'm bringing this up because I'm Jewish, bitches. I'm a proud Jewish woman. And I am a proud Jewish woman raised by a long line of proud Jewish people. Originally from Poland and then the United States of America. In the early 1900s and the 1920s, that's when they came. Before Hitler took over, my family escaped, thank God. I'm very lucky about that, very, very lucky. Anyone, this, anyone, (laughs) anyway, not anyone. And you know I don't have a fancy editor to put everything together, so you get everything out of my mouth, okay, coming from my mouth that I spew. It's not edited. And a gunman is accused of firing blanks in San Francisco synagogue, shattering, shattering a sense of safety by Anita Chabria. She's reporting from San Francisco. Rabbi Benzion Pie's storefront synagogue is easy to miss. Just a corner shop with boxes of halva. Mm, halva. Oh, I love halva. I get that sometimes at Cantor's. Chocolate halva. Mm, mm, mm. In the window. Dreaming of halva. Uh, dreaming of halva now. But local prosecutors said Dmitry Mitchkin knew it was a gathering place for Jewish emigres who fled the United States, Soviet Union, excuse me, religious persecution. He lives nearby and is Russian himself. I have Russian family members, the Mendelssohn's, they're all from Kiev and that kind of thing. After dark on February 1st, in a scene captured on surveillance video, a man, a man authorities have identified as Mishkin, pushed open the unlocked door and entered the synagogue single worship room where a dozen people were sitting at a long table covered in plastic. Pill greeted greeted him, thinking the man had come to join them. Within seconds, he pulled a gun. He struggled to cock it, then began firing towards the Torah and then towards the men. Eight blasts marked by the flare of the muzzle. The gun turned out to be a replica, firing something like blanks. But the men in the room didn't know that. The attack was so sudden, so unexpected that none of the congregants reacted. No one ducked. No one screamed. The surveillance video has gone viral, but not because the violence is shocking. Instead, people are watching because it is almost funny how calm the congregants seem. Oy vey. Of course, there is nothing humorous in this assault, 
But such incidents have become so common that this one barely made headlines outside San Francisco. Just another alleged hate crime in surging tide of them, unremarkable without deaths to count. Thank God. In our pop polarized country where extremism is, turning the page here, as you can hear, I love paper, um, mainstreamed, we are becoming desensitized to anything but the most egregious acts of hate. In recent weeks, a man was accused of shooting and injuring two Jewish men outside their synagogue in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood of Los Angeles, which I did talk about. Okay, someone was just knifed right down on my street a little earlier. I don't know what that was all about, but somebody was knifed. Anyway, he's been charged with federal hate crimes in New Jersey. A man was charged with firebombing a synagogue. In Redding in Northern California and Brownstone Township in Michigan, residents found anti-Semitic flyers left at their home. On February 1st, a Quincy Mass man was indicted on federal charges for allegedly striking an Asian man with his car after saying, go back to China. That same week in San Francisco, a man was caught on video throwing eggs at an Asian woman on a muni bus after yelling racial slurs. And Saturday, white supremacists staged a National Day of Hate targeting Jewish people, advertising a call for vandalism on social media, which I shared about on my TikTok. That's all in a couple of weeks, and not every hate incident I could find. You made news outside of local press. Pill and his congregants were so certain no one would care what happened to them that the shooter would not face real consequences, that they didn't even call police that night. Instead, they picked up what looked like shell casings and put them in a junk drawer. Underneath the brim of his black hat, Pale has, has a smile that reaches his eyes lively and kind and tired. Since the shooting, bad dreams wake him. When Pill was a child in Samarkand, an ancient Silk Road city in Uzbekistan, he was part of an underground synagogue. Being Jewish was not safe, and each Shabbat, his family would go to a different house to observe, pretending the gatherings were birthdays or parties. He remembers stories of elders sent to Siberian prison camps for their faith and a persistent fear that a KGB snitch was somewhere in their midst. His family moved to Israel when he was 15, and later he came to New York to the Jew Jewish enclave of Crown Heights to study. One day, his brother-in-law and his brother-in-law's brother saw a girl at a wedding and thought she'd be a perfect match for Pill because she never stopped dancing. Pill loves to dance. Maddie was her name, and she thought Pill would be a good match, too. They shared values, she said, and a desire to help others. Oh. They courted and married and moved to San Francisco in 1983, where there was no synagogue for Russian Jews, Peel said. So they started a community out of their house, living upstairs and holding Shabbat dinners downstairs. In between having kids, there were 10 of them. Wow. They fed those in need and created a connection for scattered immigrants who had long felt isolated. Sometimes the line to get in, ran out of the door because there wasn't enough room to sit inside. The neighbors didn't love it. 13 years ago, after a few other stops, they moved to this location. It's a small, it's small, the size of a school classroom 
with three crystal chandeliers more suitable to a ballroom hanging overhead and a faded floral carpet underneath. The Torah is on one side, the other side holds the table where the men were sitting when the shooter came, the closest choir just a foot from the door. With its clutter, hundreds of books, two faux stone sinks, a coffee station, a boombox, a laundry basket, stacked chairs, it's a welcoming space infused with a sense of community and sacredness. Despite its humbleness, it has that enigmatic sanctity of a place of worship, a feeling that a power greater than humans sometimes drops by. He'll make sure that every day, morning and night, a minion, a quorum of 10 men necessary for Orthodox Jews to hold certain prayers is present. It's no easy task to round up 10 men twice a day. And Pin Pill is known for his relentless phone calls. It reminds me of my rabbi, Rabbi Kor, in Los Feliz, at the Chabad of Los Feliz, by the way. <laughs> But the re, re, reliability that Minion makes and congregation, congregation vital beyond its regular members, people come from all over to take part in communal prayers, such as the honoring of the dead of the Birkat Chag Gomel, recited after recovering from illness or passing through a dangerous journey, even in the wake of the shooting pill finding found his tent. Aaron Seruya, a congregant from Gibraltar, is often one of them. It's up to us to fight back and think positive and have more faith in God, he said. This is the strength Maddie Pill and the rabbi have built with 40 years of their patience and love. This is what the shooter could have broken with, his toy gun and hate. <clears throat> the day after the shooting, junior rabbi Alon Chanovic, Chanukov, called the police. Chanukov is younger than most of the congregation. He was raised in the Chabad of Poway, north of San Diego. We're on the last day of Passover in 2019. The man with an AR-15 killed woman, one woman and injured three other people, including the rabbi. Chanukov knew the woman was killed, knew the woman who was killed. <clears throat> when he heard the shooting here, he was so upset he couldn't do his morning prayers. Against advice, he released the shul surveillance footage. He wanted the shooter caught to make sure it wasn't treated as just like as a nothing, he said. And on Friday evening after the shooting, the shul received some good news just as it began at celebrating Shabbat. A Jewish police officer came by to tell them that Mission was in custody. So you think guys can rest easy, Soroya remembers him saying? They did for a bit until they saw Mission's social media feed where he had posted an image of himself in a Nazi uniform and a video of what looked like him burning something outside the synagogue days before the attack. It left them with no doubt they were targeted. San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins promised a zero tolerance for hate in a news relief release about the case and has filed hate crime charges against Mission. He is facing two felony counts of interference with religious worship and six misdemeanor counts that include the violation of drawing or exhibiting an imitation firearm. If convicted, he could face up to 10 years. You know what? They should take throw him in the ooze gal, and lock, lock him and throw away the key. 
Mission pleaded not guilty at his arraignment. Of course, God forbid they should say I'm guilty for doing something. God forbid. Mission, okay. There are questions about his mental health. Of course, he's going to say he's crazy, right? Of course, right. And a preliminary hearing is scheduled for Friday. Pill and his congregants fear he will be released and retaliate against them, maybe with a real gun. Possible. The shul has applied for state funds put in place after Poway. Poway. Ah, that would pay for a security guard and other safety measures. But the truth is, this building with its big glass windows and one main exit will never be safe. Shanikoff can no longer sit with his back to the door, worried at who will enter. I hate sitting with my back to the door. The Congo, though, I did sit with my back to the door today at the Aroma Cafe when I was a me- at a meeting with the incredible, talented, amazing, wow, amazing Mark Vogel, amazing, musician, producer, writer, incredible, Mark Vogel, look him up, okay? Okay, the congregation wants to move in and started a GoFundMe to raise $400,000, it thinks it will need, but Chanikoff doesn't know if it will happen. The people who worship here are of modest means. We don't have Mark Zuckerberg as one of our donors, he said. In the meantime, the life of the shul goes on. The minion meets, the women cook for Shabbat, the men smoke on the sidewalk and out front, the candles are lighted on Friday night. Jews don't give up. Do we ever? Maddie Pill said, never. Jews never give up. They don't know if anyone cares what happened here, but Maddie hopes they do. It's not about God. It's about oneness. She told me about us being together as one. Really, the concern should not solely be about Michigan, not at this chaotic moment when hate is everywhere. It's about what makes the mission missions and what allows them to go unnoticed or unchecked until the gun, real or not, is in their hands. Most of us aren't indifferent to hate, and we feel it growing. We just pause in our own minds racism, misogyny, anti-trans, anti-Asian, anti-Semitic, and save our outrage for what hits closest. But hate in any form isn't just a threat to lives. It menaces the democracy we all share. And as Rabbi Pill told me, it's the one thing we can't tolerate. Isn't that true? How do we tolerate hate today? Why do so many people hate? It just blows my mind that you know, that that happens today. I don't understand why people hate. Can't we be about love? My Morning Bitches podcast, and even my Morning Bitches on TikTok is like, Morning Bitches! Nobody told you they love you today. I love you, whoever you are. If you hate, I love you. Because something made you hate. What made you hate? Were you treated badly as a child? Did your parents or your father or mother hate you? I'm just wondering, what happened? Why do people hate so much? I don't understand. Why, as I always said before, because I've talked about anti-Semitism. (laughs) Anti-Semitism. Sorry, I pronounced it wrong. We are, are, my family, my Jewish family, it did not have a lot of money at all. Nothing. Very little. 
you know, raised very poor, always moved, 13 different moves, you know, from Brooklyn to Florida, three different places, Brooklyn to Florida, to Syracuse, back to Brooklyn, to Long Beach, back to Brooklyn, all the different apartments. My father never worked. He was a gambler. You know, he was a Damon Runyon character. Look it up. Cowboy Jack Mendelssohn. So we had nothing. We were poor. You know, we were Jewish, but we were poor Jews. Of course, they were the rich Jews. But I still don't understand. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't. It's making me cough. I don't understand why people hate so much. I don't. My father was a very hateful person, but I think because I really believe my father was bi, bisexual. I think that's why he hated people, because he couldn't express that bisexuality, you know. Um, and he was an alcoholic and a gambler. Today, I would ask him, Daddy, I really think because, you know, I was living in Cleveland, Ohio for three years, and I was very successful. There. I know that's the star of Cleveland. But you know what? The people treated me like gold, like fucking gold. Uh, some time a guy called me and said, you know, they got my number. SJ, I love in love with your father. Please let him love me. And I went, wow. Hmm. This was in the late 70s. That makes sense. That makes sense that that's what dad is probably all about. And that's why he's around sometimes, you know. And, you know, Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. Anyway, so Papa was a rolling stone, probably for that reason. I'm just, I'm just assuming. I don't know. I am just assuming. I have no idea. I just think that, you know, anyway, it is what it is. So. Um, that's all I'm saying. That's all I have to say. Tomorrow is March 1st. March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb, they say. Of course, you know, it's been rainy days here in Los Angeles. We're not used to the rain. I mean, I'm used to the rain. <laughs> I moved here in 1976 to get away from the fucking snow. Of course, in Brooklyn, we didn't have like clean snow. We had sludge or slush, dirty snow. <laughs> Ugh. But it's March 1st, and March is a very, it's a very important month with some of the birthdays. My favorite aunt's birthday is my only aunt, left March 11th, the classiest woman I always knew. Her daughter, March 16th, and then my daughter-in-law, March 22nd, beautiful daughter-in-law. My son, March 27th, so... Aries, Pisces and Aries. Okay, so yeah. So anyway, tonight Ed and I are finally celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. We were going to have a party, but that didn't happen. So we were going last week to um, Musso and Frank's, which is our favorite restaurant, but that didn't happen. I wasn't feeling well. And tomorrow Ed's having his, um, he's having his cataract surgery. So um, that's what's happening. So anyway, that is what's happening with us. We're doing that. We're taking Lisa Brown, my daughter, with us. And and my son is going to be 
39 years old, and so is his wife, which is like unbelievable. 39 years ago, I was sitting in bed. I was bed confined when I was pregnant, and I was waiting, you know, to give birth. And he was supposed to be born in April, but I pooped and my water broke. So that was the end of that. And and that's March 25th. I went into Cedar Sinai, a great hospital. And then March 27th, he was born. I had a C-section. And it was just absolutely amazing, you know, with um, with him. What a baby. Gorgeous. Gorgeous baby. He looked just like me when I was his black hair, big eyes. And he looked at me and I gave him a kiss and he smiled. He was a great baby. Oh, my God. He always slept. Never woke up during the night. He was a great baby. And he was, you know, a great relationship with me. But, you know, things change. What am I going to tell you? Things change. That's what I'm telling you. I love him still, no matter what. And I love all the people in my life. You know, his wife is not Jewish. And, it, you know, it didn't bother me. People say to me, is that why you, they stopped talking to you? Because his wife, I, that doesn't bother me. As long as he's in love, he loves her. She loves him. They love the kids. You know, that isn't that the isn't love the most important thing. I mean, his father's not Jewish. I was married to him for seven, eight years. And, you know, that did the only thing that bothered me, as I've shared before, is his mother said, Now you're not gonna turn my son into no Jew boy, are you, Sandy? And I said, Gene, whatever he wants. If he wants to become Jewish, that's fine with me. You know, I if he doesn't, that's fine with me, too. And the cousins look for the horns and the tail and my horns and my hair, the tail. And he said, I don't have horns and I don't have a tail. Bitches, I wanted to say to them, you know, so they were an interesting. They were Okies, you know, so they lived in like Stockton, that area, Modesto. They were like the Okies from Oklahoma that you know, that traveled west to find gold in the gold fields and shot guns and did all that you know, so that's who they were. They weren't citified. They were not from New York and they weren't from California, bro. They were from California. They weren't from Los Angeles. So, you know, they were weird in that sense and strange and unfortunately. So, you know, everybody's prejudiced yet. Yes, Cameron is Jewish because I'm Jewish. If you have a Jewish mother, you're Jewish. You may convert, but as far as I'm concerned, you're still Jewish. And as I said earlier, and I said on TikTok, I'm a Jewish woman, bitches, a proud Jewish woman. And I come from a long line of Jewish people. And don't forget it. And if no one told you they love you, I'm going to tell you again, I love you because you're you be yourself. Bye, Rosie. I love you. See you soon. Bye. I'm signing off now. <laughs>